0: Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. This podcast is also brought to you by Cooking with Carol, the hot new reality-based cooking show coming this fall on AMC.
1: Cooking with Carol
2: Hi, I'm Carol. I'm an average, everyday mom. And if you're like me, there's just not enough time in the day to feed all of the hungry mouths in your busy life. How many times has this happened to you? You get home, dinner clock is staring you right in the face, and you haven't been to the grocery store in years. You've got to put something tasty and hot on the table with just what you have on hand. That's where my spring cleaning casserole saves the day. It's so easy. All you need is two cans of cream of celery, a box of stale pasta. An eight ounce can of fancy feast and all of your paprika. My assistant Sam is going to combine these ingredients for us while I share my top five casserole tips. Sam <laughs> Sam, you mix this casserole.
1: I'm so sorry, Mrs. Carroll. I'm so scared all the time. And my daddy is dead. And I
2: Shut up, Sam. Your father was an asshole, and we're all glad he's dead. And you would be too if you had any sense. Are you an asshole, Sam? No. Because what happens to little asshole boys?
1: They die screaming tied to a tree.
2: That's right. Now Sam is going to mix this casserole, and when we come back, I'll show you how to get that perfect golden carol crust that will have everyone in your neighborhood raving. (laughs)
0: The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on EMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're talking about season six, episode two, entitled JSS. Uh I found out what that stands for. Yep. I did. You Just know how, you know how I found out? How? About seventeen thousand emails came <laughs> in <laughs> telling me, hey
1: dumbass. You know, that's the thing. We missed the cold
0: open, and I didn't realize how many times they said it. it,
1: It's worse than missing. What we got is, like, a slideshow through our sling boxes. bullshit. Like, we'd get Uh an image of Enid horrified at a bloody windshield, and then she's looking at a turtle, turtle and then she's gnawing on bones, and she's looking at a mud puddle that says JSS. So we're like, we're missing something. We have to, then, of course, if you see the whole thing and you get that note at the end, it's, yes, just stay stupid. That's... (laughs) How you enjoy <laughs> The Walking Dead?
0: Uh huh. Just survive somehow. We we get it. Yes, we got it.
1: Yes, but they the the JSS thing, uh, almost too much.
0: Too, I think too much at the
1: beginning. Yeah, you like, didn't like,
0: need it five times.
1: Yeah, seeing it through slideshow, we only saw it like in the mud puddle, yeah. and it's like, ooh, there's something a bit more mysterious. But yeah, they really hammer you. Hammer at home that this is, this is deep meaning. This is going mean, to be now, her first tattoo. Saw
0: it in the sand. We saw it on her hand. Sure. We
1: saw it. Now I feel like I'm Doctor Seuss here. As Soon as she gets some black ink and a needle, that's yeah. that's going to happen. Saw it in the bones. Saw it in the bones. Saw it on the window. Sure. It's everywhere, man. On her on her wrist. Hmm. So yeah. Just just stay. Just survive somehow.
0: You have any other opinions on this after watching it for a second time?
1: No, I mean the I think is still a big problem mm-hmm. uh, and there's a couple other things but I thought that it's super it was entertaining and enjoyable and surprising like I was I surprised at what with what went on with Jesse and I'm back to kind of liking her character now. Okay. Um Father Gabriel needs to die in a fire. <laughs> like <laughs> he th- will. I yeah, he's got to die screaming tied to a tree speaking of mm-hmm. I I I don't know what to do with him. Like clearly they're going to go through some kind of half hearted ham fisted one or the other. I can't, I guess you can't be both half hearted and ham fisted. (laughs) The ham fistedness implies a certain amount of enthusiasm that the half hearted definitely lacks, but I'm just not into it. Like I want to see him die. So if they do redeem him, giving him two pistols and having him priest gun, a Kimbo is not a bad way to go, but yeah. What do you think? Uh, so,
0: I don't know. I, I still thought it was awesome. I mean, it's it's like, how can you go wrong with Carol? This this involved in an episode. Bat Carol. Uh, she never fails to please. So I'm I'm still with this episode.
1: Sure. Uh, shall we get into the recap then? Yeah. Uh, do. just have some housekeeping notes. We did release the ten million. Download. I think we did. Q&A. Yeah, there's some there's something keeping it from showing up on the front page, which we're going to look at here this afternoon. But by, by, by the time you hear this, we should have that release. And if you're subscribed to our Firehose feed, just another thing we don't talk a lot about. There's actually a feed on a website where you can get all the podcasts that we do coming right at you without having to subscribe to all the individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. If you just click on the podcast, there's one for all of them right there. Uh, but anyway, it's in that feed and it's in the bald move TV feed. So yeah, find it. Enjoy it. There's an article on where you can watch us. We recorded a video, the whole, the whole thing in the bald move studio. If you don't get to see that, uh, that's kind of, I guess, neat.
0: Yeah, I I think so.
1: (laughs) I think it's well worth a dollar a month. And that's only scratching the, feet, the, 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 the the surface of the club ball move experience. But I don't want to have Jim have to edit this out as an ad, so we should probably move on to the recap, yeah? Yeah. Let's JSS. I'm going to just stay sober during <laughs> this episode.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. That's ill-advised.
1: Before we get too far, i got to explain this intro. Uh, AMC came to us completely unsolicited mm-hmm. and gave us four preview clips of their new Cooking with Carol show they're going to debut this fall. Uh, later on, and uh, they actually wanted us to split each segment up into like two or three parts, and then put them on like a different episode uh, and, and different instant cast mm. throughout the rest. And we're like, man, that's that's a pants idea. Nobody <laughs> nobody's going to stick around and, and yeah. hang on that. Let's just let's give the people what they want. Get their appetites good and wet for cooking with Carol. Uh, no gastric pun intended. Uh, so we're going to play all four clips here. We're going to play. We already played one. We're going to play two more during the recap, and then one at the very end of the podcast. No spoilers this week, so you don't have to worry about uh, fast forwarding to the end. You can just just get it there. Uh, but we're excited uh, to, to have AMC sponsoring. That's a, a nice show. Nice nice show of uh, of uh, professionalism and, and respect.
0: Yeah, ha- has me interested for sure.
1: So we we start with Enid seeing her family being eaten and. I I man, her 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 parents seem like real fuck idiot fucking idiots. Like Enid's I like, there's so, zombies yeah. coming. They're like, but we've got this fuse, honey. We're gonna get this uh, turn signal lamp changed any minute now, and there's just a real lack of urgency. That I thought it might be a little bit more effective had there been more of that urgency. But she mm. sells the horror of watching. I mean, can you even imagine watching a ghoul eat your parents? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it sounds like a bad. That, time. That's the
1: kind of stuff that makes you want to make out. With someone with a really goofy hat and a uh-huh. rotten log. That's yeah. the kind of ex- that's kind of behavior that that encourages. She eats a raw turtle, mm-hmm. which now I think she's crazy. She's got turtle brain. <sighs> you eat uncooked turtle meat. Parasites. And, I mean, and I, whatnot. My mom was like, You picked up a box turtle, you go in there and wash your fucking hands. Do you want salmonella? Do you want super salmonella?
0: Well, you, your that's, mom had
1: other issues as well. That's JSS, want- just super salmonella.
0: I'm not, I'm not certain that your mom was right about the, the disgusting nature of turtles. Mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're they're horrible uh
1: edibles, but Well, they're like two know. genes away from being snakes, and we all know what that means, right? You can eat snakes, no problem. <laughs> Raw snakes? Yeah, Daryl eats snakes, everybody eats snakes. Okay. Uh she almost turns her back on Alexandria. Yeah. Instead of accepting the shelter there. Why do you think she didn't? Because this was an easy way to JSS. I don't know. But what if it's, say, we enslave little girls and eat them camp? I mean, she's kind of taking a risk here. She is. I I have theories. I have theories. That she's actually kind of, like, scoped this place out.
0: I I have a lot of theories. Okay. Which I think are well-founded in this episode. Um, A lot of stuff that obviously we haven't talked about yet. But uh, I think we don't see a lot of what happens to Enid on the road. Mm. I think they purposely
1: leave out a lot of stuff. Okay, are we going to see more of this in cold opens in the future? I can't imagine that we won't. Do you, so. You don't think we're you definitely think we're not done with Enid? Yes. Okay. Shall we move on? Sure. So Carol discusses the merits of her spring cleaning casseroles mm-hmm. uh, with all the other ladies in Alexandria at the communal pantry. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. She's got a pa- apparently a famous cola canned ham recipe it's going over as a smash hit yeah sure like i'm thinking diet diet mr diet uh, dr k or whatever the walmart brand is diet Diet dr sam you don't waste the good stuff on that and 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 great value spam Uh canned ham and that's the recipe you you boil that sure (laughs) that sounds good uh i mean it's it's good as a sweetener right it's got a lot of sugar in it sure uh, one of these women who I guess is the same one the one the pasta maker from last season was mm-hmm. still bitching about not having a pasta maker. And Carol's like, hey, I can show you how to make homemade noodles. What's the status of Aaron's pasta maker? It is, uh, he couldn't even keep hold of his backpack. Does so he... it is missing in action.
0: <laughs> Does he have a pasta maker? Or was that packaged pasta that he was using for this amazing spaghetti? Uh, it's totally packaged
1: pasta. Okay. Because he was saying to Daryl, keep your eye out for a spaghetti machine. Because Oh, he it's... said that? Yeah. Mm-hmm because this old and it, I thought they he said some old lady which I didn't think this woman was that old. Yeah. But then that was last season and it's not like I went back to check. Was uh, she
0: was she like a pasta chef? Was she an Italian chef before this all went down or what? I think
1: she's just one of those This this is the real housewives of Alexandria, man. What do you what do you, they, they kind of vapid. I think that's part she of the point. She seems really but. focused on this pasta
0: though. Like this is the one thing that I am good at in life and Without a pasta
1: maker, I am nothing. I don't know. It's so weird because, like, Carol was this person, right? Carol's the one Uh who made herself useful in the camp by doing everyone's laundry and by cooking food over the Carl hair fire. She she made herself useful. So it's kind of commentary on the fact of, like, how much she's changed. But it's, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the least favorite part of Alexander for me. The fact that these people are so, you know make you want to scream in her face out of touch about the world
0: yeah and that's the thing that i really love about this is the
1: 0.01 percent of zombie survivors uh
0: the the thing that i really love about carol's character now is she's using her past Mm. as this disguise and i i think that's awesome
1: what do you think about her uh smoking thing is that just a way to because she can't she wants to just knife these women in the head but all she can really do is take digs at their self-esteem I have no idea why she's so picky about smoking. Or do you think that's just like, look, I shouldn't have The odds have to... of being
0: killed by smoking in this world are effectively zero.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> like,
0: you were going to die long before Yeah, secondhand smoke
1: you. in the community area that you might spend a half hour to an hour a day is not going no. to significantly increase your risk of cancer. Not at all. I don't think so. Uh... So, yeah, shall we move on to the next scene, which is Carol scolding little Sam, uh, Mm -hmm. who she threatened with zombie death last season as a way to cow him into silence for the unspeakable act she was doing with chocolate? Yeah. Uh, She finds him on her front porch and he's sad and he's crying and she essentially scolds him for loving his father. Mm -hmm. And he has what I think we're going to understand is an A stamp in his hand. It looks like it, yeah. Where did he get this A-stamp? I don't know. Like, I'll say that... (laughs) It's one of 26 in his collection. (laughs) One of the more affecting things, I think, for me, is how they continue to reuse this A-train symbolism. Yeah. But if they're going to do it this way, where some kid... that I I need a little story behind this A-stamp, and maybe they'll give it to me later, in which I'll say... That's great, but you should have given it to me before because I don't know what to make of the scene. I see the effect it has on Carol, but it's sure. half as powerful as it could be with some support on the Sam side. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly with you there. I think
0: you know, it's not it's not this big cliffhanger, right? Like the horn was last episode.
1: No, but I'm what I'm it's, saying is it's, but it's an odd decision without a really good grounding of why Sam would be doing this. Yeah, I don't know why or where he got that stamp. So, Like, if if this had been a mythology that Carol built up, like the A is where they put the, you know, ass kickers in, and, you know, kind of like the theories that we talked about, if this was something that she had been telling Sam, and then when she gets home, she sees that he stamped her house as an A stamp, that would be something more than what it was, just Carol, like, oh, my God, what have I become? Mm -hmm. Which we've seen a lot on the show. Uh I think it's a good opportunity, speaking to Carol, to play our second demo reel for the Cooking with Carol show. Again, coming this fall on A&C. Cooking with Carol.
2: So now we're ready to put our little experiment in the oven. In just 45 minutes, your house will be smelling amazing and you'll be ready to put smiles on all of those adoring faces you love so much. Oh dear, someone has rammed our community with a tractor trailer and this one bitch who's been side-eyeing me for weeks at the local pantry just got bisected with a machete. Remember kids, smoking kills. Anyway, I'm going to let Sam slide the casserole in the oven while I take to the streets for a murder spree. See you in 45 minutes. (laughs)
1: All right, Cooking with Carol, coming to your TVs this fall on AMC. Uh, Jesse wants to cut Ron's hair. And Ron says, it's bullshit, Mom. How am I supposed to have the sexy mm-hmm. Carl full helmet hairdo? Yeah, the emo. Let cap. alone, I mean, I got this beanie like cap. In it's in one direction. It's and not and as shit. cool as the sheriff cap. I need this cool hair. And yeah. then he susses out, this isn't about a haircut. This is about you wanting to talk to me. He needs a fedora. That's what he needs. <laughs> like He's got a one-up Carl, right? sure in that's the, what in the douchey do. hats yeah yeah uh so i feel like that this is flirting with being a bad scene there's something a little community theater about it's a bad scene okay no, no it's
0: not flirting it's a bad scene uh, i don't the, think the guy the dialogue felt i don't unnatural. think ron is a good
1: actor the the kid playing him yeah I, I think he's he's a little hammy but he's kind of a teenager too so that's why i yeah. keep going back and forth it's like is this dialogue kind of like like real world real Like this is what a real family in this situation Would scream about or am I wanting a little bit Better writing what am I actually And, and the, the tempo and the Way it was blocked is very stage play I don't know hmm. Uh, Him not being able to raise his left Arm above his head is that from his Father abusing him or is that oh, from yeah. Rick Laying a flying tackle on him No that's his.
0: that's his dad Huh like I get I get the context like th- it's all over this episode yeah uh, the idea that these kids were affected just as much as she was by their dad's behavior okay uh, and I think that's part of it. I think Ron what? tried to step in one time and got his ass kicked mm. by his dad. I could see that yeah, and it makes because yeah, I guess we would have to and it adds to you know Ron being angry about this whole thing right like I, I it's a very complicated stew. Yes. That they've got going in this family. Uh, he might be, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly why he's so angry because he knows the things that his dad was doing were wrong, certainly.
1: But Rick is a maniac,
0: too. And Rick he's killed maniac. his father. And Carl's and
1: stealing his girl. And he sees like this. And he needs to be, he needs to be protect, protected. And that's got to be rough for a teenage boy to accept and especially when
0: the guy that would ostensibly being be protecting him in this situation is dead now right like yeah say what you want his father may have beaten his family but i assume that time comes he's also going to step up to try and protect them yeah i guess like i don't i don't think those things are mutually exclusive yeah yeah uh so he's probably feeling a little bit of abandonment too which is
1: strange given the relationship but probably real uh, But yeah, he's also upset because Rick's dangerous, but he's also his mom's friend, which she admits to. Mm. He's my friend, my sexy, masculine, single, <laughs> DTF friend, Ron, uh-huh. and you need to accept that <laughs> friendship. Well, I've got one of those two moms. <laughs> See, I got a hug. I got a hug next scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so Maggie's talking about starting up a farm in the next scene, and she's giving Captain Janeway a pep talk because she's gone into one of her Phantom of the Opera modes where she's just going to go in a yeah. holodeck and be dramatic and, <laughs> and wear ha- a half mask mm-hmm. and do some desperate gambit that's going to sacrifice the entire crew. But uh, I think Maggie carries the day by basically doing the whole guardian angel Reg. Like, you know, Reg wanted us to grow a garden surrounded by yeah. his circlets of cold rolled steel.
0: Yeah, no, that cold rolled steel, man. It's
1: yep, it's a hell of a thing. Not even saying ironically anymore; just straight up. That's some cold rolled steel. Yeah, uh, I mean Ford's marketing it on their trucks now. It's like uh, it's 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 a thing. It's a thing. So uh, Eugene then is bitching to Tara as they go into the communal like center. Like it's the pantry, it's the armory, it's the first aid clinic, it's, it's
0: the storage house.
1: And they're talking about taking the largest building make it to a church and he's like this is bullshit i, I wish- want a game room goddammit. it and tara's like well we should make it into a community center which is a great suggestion yeah uh he also used the word hams my biscuits which i've i've i pride myself in knowing a lot of colloquialisms i've never heard. and, what and is mispronouncing that all of them but <laughs> i have no idea what hams my biscuits means nobody wrote in to tell us either like so. hamming my like i got a biscuit and i'm like all right i got a biscuit maybe i can find some honey you put ham on there Shit, I'm egg and cheese away from paying like three, four bucks for this thing at McDonald's. That's, hamming my biscuits is not an inconvenience to me at all. It's improving the experience. Hams my biscuits. Yeah, I I, I can't even guess at what that means. No. Like, normally
0: you can say, oh, you know. Maybe like, they is ham sunshine, a southern euphemism for
1: shitting? That's the one that's like, <laughs> I'm going to take a big ham dump. I'm going to ham the toilet. Someone hand that that's that makes sense. Does you, the does the makeshift doctor know what it means? She seems to know what it no, means. No, because I think she, her brain crawled out of her ear at that point in the conversation <laughs> and checked out. That's that's at least what she said she was. Uh-huh. She so was having a panic attack. We're introduced to this woman who is What's her name? Stephanie? Is that her name? No, I'm I know I've got it. I thought it was. <laughs> Shoot. Uh I can look it up. It's Denise. It's Denise? Yes. Hmm. Okay. So it's Denise uh, is explaining that she went to med school. She was actually wanting to be a surgeon, but then she had a bout of depression. Yes, panic attacks. Her panic and, attacks, yeah. mm-hmm. and got interested in psychology, and then became a psychologist. So, psychiatrist. 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 There's a difference, and we yeah, gotta, she can prescribe drugs. We
0: got an email that I didn't include, but uh, yeah, explaining the difference. Yeah. That psychiatrists have actual medical training. They've gone to medical school. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All that kind of stuff. Um, so that implies, you know, she's cut up cadavers and she understands drug interactions and prize a lot of theory but not a lot of practical experience. Yeah. So this is the proud tradition of The Walking Dead where we like almost doctors. Mm-hmm. You you if you, if you've gotten, you know, seventy five percent of of medical training, then then you're better than you know, someone's just fucking around right i kind of like the reluctant doctor here. i and i thought this was realistic because she's yeah. like part of it was pre- like when eugene's talking around talking about not being a coward a lot of that was projection mm-hmm. and i like but some of it was right on but also it's like yes you were going to be a surgeon i was going to be implying that i am not and things went badly when
0: i tried to be like yeah i started having panic attacks so yes. it, it makes you like, her backstory
1: here is really good. Yeah, it's compelling. Right? I thought so. I, I thought it was pretty good and, and well-told, and everything, like, none of her objections felt like just bullshitty or panicky. Yeah. And, like, they're understandable, especially with, if you take that she's from the baseline Alexandria stock, which are, is not super impressive. Uh-huh. And maybe, like, there's also hints there, too, of, like, she wanted to be more involved and maybe the spell Pete as a backup doctor, but Pete wouldn't have it because... Hmm. You know, I'm just Maybe. a psychiatrist. And we know Pete's the kind of asshole that would totally... Oh, yeah. About her being a woman, about Certainly. her being fat, about her only being a psychiatrist. Like, not drinking enough. Not, there's <laughs> so many th- things he could go after her and be a dick about. Yeah. She wouldn't and, have those panic attacks if she was drinking Jim Beam. So That's all I'm saying. Good, Nice sketch <laughs> of a character, honestly. I think so, yeah. Uh, So uh, we, we uh, she's excited that uh, Tara's going to be her first... Patient, because she just has a headache or she's dizzy.
0: Unless she misses a hematoma or something. Whatever Whatever Eugene says. Come on, Eugene.
1: (laughs) Uh, So Carl sees... He's given uh, Judith a walk. Little baby Mm -hmm. ass kicker. And he he sees Enid making time with Ron. Seems like they're having a deep, important, intimate conversation. Which he's not really down for. Yeah, this look.
0: I'm not sure what this look is saying. In my opinion, I thought... It was like a, hey, this is a hug that this guy needs. Don't take it too seriously, Carl.
1: You, you That's the
0: look. That's what I inferred from that look. You speak fluent,
1: meaningful looks then. Because
0: either that or Carl just doesn't give a shit. Because Carl is unfazed by this
1: completely. You, man, that's, no, I totally disagree. Totally disagree. I think he at, reacted mm. like a 15-year-old boy would. He's kind of confused and like there's nothing he can really say because he's a guy. He's expression a nice His expression doesn't change. Yeah, but I think I thought this was a fairly impressive nuanced performance by Chandler Riggs. This is and, and, and this is hmm. right in his wheelhouse in the way that like I'm so upset that you left me alone. Daddy didn't work in his previous spotlight performance. Yeah, so. I didn't get that. I thought I thought it was more of like Enid. Enid looking at him says
0: a lot about what that hug actually means and Carl mm-hmm. picks it up on it
1: but I agree that I don't think that hug meant anything to her other than I think maybe she was trying to she was saying goodbye to Ron yeah who I yeah. believe they had some kind of friendship with sure. and that's and, and Ron probably liked her but
0: mm-hmm. yeah they had the secret playhouse up there in the attic
1: yeah last season where they were all hanging out so. yeah emphasis on all it was a group thing it wasn't like yeah. one-on-one no 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 it wasn't uh, comic books and chill No, it wasn't. Video games and chill. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, uh, Father Gabriel comes and interrupts this moment. And I love Carl's, what? What do you want? Just die in a fire, Gabriel. That was the subtext. Yeah. And he basically says he's an asshole and he got it all wrong. He didn't listen to Carl and blah, blah, blah. And upshot is he wants to be taught, brought up right in the ways of zombie brutality. And Carl's Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'll teach you up. but you got to tell everybody. I assume this spiel about you being sorry, right? Oh, I I guess so. Yeah. And start with machete training. Yeah. Then we have the machete training. Then yeah, he Enid kind of locks eyes on him, and he's not sure about all the feelings he has inside. Or if you believe Jim, he's an emotionless robot. Yeah. Well, I think he, what you take into the scene is what you get out of it.
0: I didn't say he was emotionless. <laughs> I said he gets what's happening here. Okay. All and right. It, and what's happening is nothing.
1: Huh. Hmm. All right. That's how I read it. So, Carol fires fires up her casserole, and she's watching Judith on a baby monitor. And man, having power is nice in a zombie apocalypse. I mean, say what you will about Alexandria. Their solar panels are super useful and top-notch. Yeah. Uh, She sets a timer for 45 minutes while watching a wolf take a very tough stance on public smoking. (laughs) That woman was not 50 feet away from the front entrance of that building, and... She gets cut and, you know, cut by a machete. It's it's actually pretty brutal. And I'm not going to belabor yeah. this point because it's hard to be like, and this guy gets killed and this guy. gets. Killed. But assume a, in between every scene, there is going to be a scene of wanton devastation and pilfering going on because mm-hmm. these wolves are just, I mean, it's an overwrought metaphor, right? But they've spent all last season demonstrating that Alexandria's are our sheep. Yeah. And now the wolves are here and slaughtered. Predictable results. Uh, so Richard is standing on the wall, this guy that we don't know. Oh, man, poor Richard. Never seen him before, and we we hear this kind of, like, you know, shouts and commotion, and Deanna's like, Richard, what's going on? And he takes a Molotov cocktail, <laughs> instantly bursts into flames, and goes up, like, dry kindling. Yeah. It's insane how flammable this man was. <laughs> right? I mean, it directly hits him, too. It's not yeah. like, oh, it hit next to him, and no. he...
0: No. It is... Huh. That's not a good way to go.
1: Uh, Diana goes or Deanna goes completely into shock. Maggie, we see, as we'd expect, is ready. She's got her gun out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carl is going to stay and keep Judah safe while Carol goes off into the wide world. Jesse and Sam end up getting locked in a safe room because he won't let go of her. He's he's afraid to be left behind because the scary woman might tie him to a tree. I,
0: okay, yeah, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, where is this
1: mama's boy coming from? Like, you know, it's almost like he's been terrorized by people he should have, that he thought he could trust. Yeah. Well, what what could cause that kind of behavior? This kid's gonna be fucked up. It is funny, though, that she's built, and I don't know if this is yet another, oh, the Alexandrians are not survivors, but building a safe room in a closet, like, that's not even gonna keep a drunken, enraged husband at bay. Like it's got so, it's got those wood slat blinds like that's kind of that's a bathroom door in a banana republic. That is not that is not an effective safe room.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something I hadn't realized during uh, my watches of these episodes that Patience writes in about is that this this panic room is not, you know, the the zombie deterrent. It's actually for Sam to hide in when his dad is. I, I'm saying it still is not
1: executing his nefarious plans. I, I don't think that's effective for even that as well. No,
0: it's probably not. I mean, his dad could punch right through the slats. But, sure, uh, but I guess. But I'm, it's it's another. Tinge I feel like a bully picking on Jesse's
1: feeble attempts at protecting herself from a violent, you know, partner. So maybe yeah, I should Yeah, I mean, stop. it's what else are you going to do, right? Like, Yeah, are no, you gonna, seriously. Oh,
0: yeah, just coating the inside of this closet with sheet metal. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, no. There's lots, Nothing I mean, to see here, there's, Pete. There's
1: things she could have done, but I think the show did enough to explain why she didn't do those things yeah, and the kind yeah. of community that this was and how everyone needed Pete and how maybe there was even, if you read between the lines, some unspoken, we know what's going on, but we really need Pete, and can you just take one for a team thing with the community? Maybe. I mean, if you want to get really dark with it, so... Yeah, but I didn't realize that this was, you know, previous to the... No, I got that. I was just still skeptical about it all, because I'm kind of an asshole about that. (laughs) Uh, So, again, just assume between every scene there's just wholesale absolute slaughters, people being butchered with axes, with pikes, with sharpened shovels. It's just, it's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Enid stops by Carl's to say goodbye, and I thought another really cool economical character touch, she hands in this wad of keys, which we understand is probably every important door in all of Alexandria. Yeah,
0: it's her personal collection, I think.
1: Which is Uh, why she's able to move around like a phantom.
0: Okay, let's continue on in this scene. I want to get to the end of this scene and talk about this scene.
1: Okay. And talk about Enid. So, she starts to try to say goodbye, and Carl says, shut up, sit down, help me protect Judith, because none of these assholes are getting in here. I will kill them all if I have to, and And I kind of believe him. Oh, yeah. And she also, her reading of, it's just people, came across so April Ludgate from, like, Parks and Rec to me, and it was just kind of funny. Completely emotionless, just like this. Yeah, it's just people. It's not even zombies. No energy in the voice. Yeah. And Nothing. Carl says, look, don't tell me goodbye." And she says, "I won't," which is not the same thing as not leaving. Which I kind of think Carl knows too. So let's. You want to talk about? Okay. The big wad of keys. Is that what you want to talk about?
0: Uh, no. So well, yes. Okay. And no. There, there's actually a line at the end of this when those are uh, diametrically opposed concepts. Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh huh. Uh, yes and. How about that? Okay. Uh, th- so there's a line where her and Carl are talking, and she's like. Oh, you'll never be able to protect this place. There's too many blind spots. And then she yes. says, that's how we were able to, and Carl cuts her off. She's a wolf. She's obviously a wolf. She has all the keys to this place, which she's sneaking around. She's sneaking out. Why is she sneaking out? To meet the wolves. She says, "We were." that's how we were able to. I thought she was talking. We about, were
1: able to what? I thought she was talking about her and Carl sneak out of the city as easy as they do. That's yeah. how I interpreted that. No, too many too many blind spots. That's how we were able to Yeah, cuz the I, adults couldn't see us sneaking
0: in and out. Mm, no, I don't think so, man. I do. I think there's so much here that they don't show us about Enid I, that they imply I think really a wolf. Yeah. Then why is she leaving? I think I think that's one of the ways that they were able to get in
1: here so easily. I don't know, because to me, getting in the city is much easier than getting out because you just walk up those fucking struts. We talked about what a fiasco this place was to defend from a human opposition. Uh You're essentially building catwalks to get up onto the city walls. So I don't think you need to explain how the wolves got in. I think you have to explain, uh, you know, how people like her got out, which is uh, assuming reasonable, competent adult supervision, which I do not grant Alexandrians, but... Yeah, I think she snuck out and used these keys to hide. There's no reason. To, there's no reason to cut that sentence off unless she's about to reveal that she's a wolf. I think it's Carl. I think uh, it was Carl just being intense. Like you, know, I'm, he I'm was, talking.
0: Yeah, but I'm talking about in the writing.
1: Okay, but like, I, there's no reason to cut that sentence off, right? There is. Let is her it, finish it, it with makes, one word.
0: It. Makes, That's how we got out. That's okay. how we got in. But I mean, there's huge knows, difference, yeah, and it leaves ambiguity. Eh. And I think it's. I disagree. I'm almost 100 percent certain that she is.
1: All of. right, I am 100 percent certain she's not. Okay, what sh- what shall we put we'll upon see. this wager? Nothing. <laughs> <Pride. laughs>
0: not even Pride. wager
1: a burrito. Pride. I'll, no, I'll I, put a burrito. This is up bullshit, against
0: Dan reichert stuff. I don't do that shit.
1: All right. I don't wager stuff on air. First sorry. of all, how dare you? How dare you call? Refer to me as Dan. I'm sorry, reichert? man,
0: but if you're acting like that, it's going to happen. <laughs>
1: All right, man. You can't wager a burrito on this show, that getting called a Dan Riker. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Shall we move on? Yeah. Since things are getting heated now. Uh, (laughs) Carol Mercy kills one of the Real Housewives of Alexandria, which... Do you secretly think she kind of was... It's (laughs) it's not fair to say she's looking for excuses to kill these people, but... If that was one of her people, I think she maybe tries to... Well, of course, her people would be screaming out loud during attack. I don't know. But the way they filmed this, there's a little bit of... Especially with Morgan, his morgalizing, saying, You don't like this, or you don't enjoy this. And she... I think there's a little bit of... Maybe she enjoys it a little bit. Like, she enjoyed metaphorically twisting the knife in the smoker, and now she... Uh Again, I'm not saying she's a bad person, a monster. She literally, like the governor, <laughs> enjoys it. But yeah. there's a little bit of at least callous disregard for these people, and mm. maybe a little bit of like I've been, you know, I I tried to keep you guys safe, and I tried to do, but you guys are idiots, and yeah, I agree. And she's not the only
0: one, right? Okay, I mean, everybody in our original group is saying the same thing, except sure. for you know Morgan and okay. Gabriel.
1: All right. Uh, to no surprise of anyone, the less douchey son of Deanna, who's still living, is completely useless. Uh, he can't shoot with his fancy scope, uh, he's too afraid to go inside the city, uh, but you know what's not useless? Cold-rolled steel, baby. Cold-rolled steel has... It works. ...proved its worth. It took a shot from a semi-trailer going pretty fast. Uh Uh-huh. I... Uh, I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so... Next week, we it seems reasonable to conclude will be the other shoe dropping with the zombie horde. I wouldn't. I don't buy that. That zombie horde can push these walls down. Really? If this wall, if this, yeah, if this yeah. place can can take a a semi trailer ramming it, I just don't know that the crush force of. Yeah, three to four thousand people, even working together, can bust it down. Do you think maybe they'll come in where the truck hit it? It's weakened or something. And I i wonder that they were trying to imply that, but man, that wall just didn't like it. I know it kind of wibble, wibble it buckles a little, but but it didn't have any like really major structural damage. There were no gaps in it or anything. Yeah. And they did like so they did this MythBusters episode where. A, a zombie group of, like, 50 can very easily push in a barn. your average barn door, even with a fairly strong reinforcing. Huh. Like, they, they did this neat experiment where uh, they built these rigs, like these, these metal cages for people's chests. Because the thing about, like, stampeding and clubs is, like, you don't get trampled on the feet. It's the people up against the wall, literally their chest gets crushed by the... the, yeah. the so they, they built these metal cages so you could push against your neighbor and not crush their chest. And they just... All in unison, like you know, one, two, three, push, one, two, three, push, and they got the they, they could push in a barn door. Wow, I don't know that the surface area with zombies to walls to strength ratio works out in their favor with this.
0: Maybe not. I, I don't like
1: know. I, because I, 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 I thought that we we're just going to see the zombies just overrun Alexandria. Period. Yeah. Maybe we're in more for a siege thing, could be. I don't know. Um, so or somebody can leave the gate open. I mean that seems to happen a lot. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, there again, like I don't think you need Enid conspiring too. They could just wait until somebody yeah. needs to take a dump. Yeah, not enough and leaves. And a
0: walker could come up when Eugene's guarding the gate and say, hey, I know, Deanna. <laughs> no, the, the guy Let the W. <laughs> I
1: totally live here, dude. Totally. Yeah. Totally. The W's on her head. That's like our. That's like our hall pass. Yeah. That's the stamp you get on the. We just put it on the floor to make it easy.
0: Uh, anyway. spe- speaking
1: of Enid, though, I really I want
0: to go back. Oh, okay. Real quickly, uh, another couple of reasons I think she might be or is a wolf. Uh, she's leaving. Why is she leaving? Why does she decide now is the time to leave? She
1: says that this place is too big to protect, and she doesn't feel safe anymore.
0: But the wolves are already attacking, right? Like, uh, it's, she, it's a bad time to start saying that stuff. Does she? Well, I mean, I also I think it explains her reluctance to go inside at the beginning because. If we didn't see her interactions with the wolves, maybe she's going
1: inside to set this all up. You know, I to think help you're re- them out. I, it feels like you're reaching because I think she's uh, she's con- content to bide her time in this thing, and now a real threat is here, and she can get out before anyone else knows it and can be gone and hide behind her camouflage surfboard or whatever, and <laughs> she'll be fine. Like that's <laughs> all right. I, I and, and maybe she was wanting to see if Carl would go with her. Mm-hmm. And now she sees that he's committed to protecting Judith and the community at large, and that's a lost cause. I don't know. Okay. I guess we'll find out. Uh, Aaron brings a wounded woman to the first aid uh, center. I think this is Holly. This is the blonde woman that we later find out is Holly. And Denise just freaks out about, like, uh, she's got internal bleeding. It's probably an artery. I can't cut her open. That's probably going to kill her worse than... But Tara makes a point that she's going to die if you do nothing. And in those kind of constraints, like, I guess you can interpret the good Samaritan law fairly broadly. Yeah, nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, because it is, it is seems like a fact that she's dying. And I think uh-huh. that she has enough medical training to discern that, yes, her vital yeah. signs are slipping, et cetera. Eugene says, you don't want to be coward. But again, that felt more like projecting to me. Oh, yeah. No, Eugene is
0: very much worried about being a coward himself and, and concerned with, you know, I was a coward and it affected yeah. us adversely and – uh, when I, when I needed to, I stepped up. Yeah. But now it's your turn to do this. But same. I
1: thought this is good because usually when they write a, a character like Denise, who is broadly speaking, standing in way of doing something heroic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're the person saying, no, we can't do this. This is a crazy plan. They're always shown very one dimensionally kind of cowardice or they seem weak or we're like totally on the hero side. I thought they did a great job of like, I, Denise kind of got a point. Yeah. Like, A lot of medicine first rules do no harm. This was, like, I thought a really good situation to where you felt sorry for a woman like Denise, but also understood why she rose to the occasion, and then I thought realistically affected by it.
0: Yeah. Again, I'm kind of... It makes
1: me worry about those panic attacks she's having. Sure. But there again, that's why she's not a surgeon in the real world, but it's an interesting complication for, you know, you've had a... Uh, two alcohol. You got an alcoholic veterinarian, and then an alcoholic vet medic. Uh, <laughs> there's always... Con- you got a, a, a abusive surgeon. There's a, it's always I mean, complications. Every, every single
0: doctor has been an alcoholic in this show so far, right? Mm. Herschel, Bob, Pete, all of them. Yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So... I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with Denise. And yeah, like, maybe panic attacks will be the least of, I mean... I had panic attacks, so I started drinking heavily.
1: Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> or she's a psychiatrist. She can just start five bars of Xanax a day diet, kind of. There, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So she resolves, to, I guess, try surgery on him. Useless son, continues to be useless. Uh, he can't, like, there's this zombie who I guess was the semi-driver, but mm-hmm. he turned and I. He turned incredibly fast. I've seen people turn very fast before Shane perfect example, but yeah, not he turned, he looked very decrepit. Like I'm not sure that there wasn't a zombie strapped in a passenger seat just for YOLO purposes. <laughs> it's weird though. So like
0: this, this truck is going straight down the road. Yeah. Uh, Spencer or whatever his name is. Deanna's kid takes some shots. I think hits him. I think he, he shoots him and that's how he dies. Uh, he definitely and, and got the some good truck. Shot. Like curves off the road and yeah. smashes and, and into instead, the tower and the fence. Because I don't know the gate can take that. Kind exactly. Of shot. I think they were going
1: for the gate with yeah. the truck, and yeah. he saved him. Yeah. So he's not completely useless. And I think he's I, also very pretty.
0: There's nothing to support this other than a scene from last season where we see Daryl and Aaron get trapped in these by these Walker oh yeah, booby sure. traps yeah. with all the trucks in the back. Certainly. Or, walkers in the back of the trucks. That's, I think that's the gambit here. I think they're going to ram the gates, they're going to open the back, and boom, walkers everywhere.
1: That's why I thought originally the gravel pit was a wolf gambit, because I associate semi-trap, semi-tractors with wolf traps. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I it wouldn't surprise me if there's not. now There's nothing to say that in the episode. And I don't know that it would be important because we have yeah. Domino's delivering <laughs> four million zombies next episode. Uh-huh. But that was my thought as well. Okay. Uh, so Morgan steps up and stops Airhone air hone the air horn with uh, a well-timed broomstick strike yeah and says hey are you going to come to help me defend your town and he kind of shits his pants his response he goes all right hide then and goes off like a badass yeah and uh, then uh teenage mutant ninja morgan squares off against the undertaker for tonight's title card uh he's the undertaker Man. says quick or slow and uh morgan comes up with his weak leave please and he's like all right then gonna be slow and then carol says no it's gonna be quick bat carol like, comes out of nowhere stabs him in the ribs
0: god damn it i i don't know whether to be super happy dear about. dear god carol. is that
1: carol peltier's music and she comes running out the the hallway she jumps in the ring a foreign object oh. she's got a nut yeah it's, it's going wwe okay gotcha continuing wwe i'm sorry mcmahon so i'm 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 torn about this scene,
0: right? Because they're setting up what is, looks to be an epic <laughs> confrontation between yeah. axe wielding Undertaker and Morgan with his bow staff, and then it doesn't happen. But yeah. so that was a huge letdown. But at the same time, you got Ninja Carol, Carol swooping in, sure. which was fucking amazing. So yeah. like, I don't know whether
1: to stand up and clap or just go, God damn it. And my first thought was, oh, my God, she is so committed to her housewife (laughs) alter ego that she's wearing a disguise like she's going to be a literal Batman, you know, Bruce Carroll type of of situation. And then when I realized that, no, she's just going around so she can indiscriminately kill wolves. Yeah. Even better. Carol. And it works so perfectly. Like the scene. Carol's the alpha alpha badass of this entire unit now like if you're just Easily. talking body count and clutch say i don't know that daryl even comes up with that plan right yeah i mean i think daryl just goes more ham i feel like she's, she's a half she's, step above daryl and rick at this point and i show. think so i
0: think so and it works like a charm we'll, we'll talk about another
1: yeah uh, oh, other yeah. scenes and morgan this is the part i don't i thought they did such a great job of showing morgan and rick as kind of foils for two competing moralities. are not, yeah competing because i don't ever feel like rick was a truly pragmat pragmatist but i think this is especially bad because he's like you don't have to kill people and she's she's just scoffs and says of course you do when i'm like yeah no what about these people running around with w's cutting their heads hacking Hacking people people... apart tells says rehabilitation yeah did you do that morgan did you do that morgan he did. He did,
0: as a matter of fact.
1: I want... Uh, not not in the same way. I don't think he was as brutal about it. I mean, he didn't kill Rick... I mean, Carl... He was, tried to.
0: Well... He tried to shoot
1: him. Yeah, I guess. I mean, when he was clearing, that was... He was a different person. But was he... So I guess, and was he as insane as these people? I'm just saying that... Pretty close. I'm saying that you can have that debate in a podcast studio. You can't have that debate on the streets of Alexandria. You know, on the which battlefield. Is, which no. is why I was like, this is stupid. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah. If
0: uh, you essentially have the Mongol hordes coming in
1: and raiding you your city. If we have people surrendering f- at the end of the battle, fine. But while there's still people killing, you do not yes. take time to incapacitate someone. And it's not like if if the killing
0: were a little less violent or or maybe he hadn't seen necessarily like the killings happening. Yeah. then I can understand it. But like these people don't have guns. let
1: just round them hack,
0: up. Hack limbs off of bodies. Yeah, this is
1: fucking mid-90s
0: Rwanda, man. It's fucked up. And and it's even more fucked up that Morgan doesn't see it.
1: And as she's explaining, she just put, takes this guy's dead guy's blood and makes a bloody W on her head. And so matter of fact, too, it's just yeah. like, he,
0: this was my plan, dip, W, I'm out. Yep, yep,
1: <laughs> uh, dip, W, dip. And she's also like, hey, I'm going to the armory, because it's going to be like Neo and the Matrix mounting yep. up. Are you going to come with me or not? Great scene. I, so I wonder if she's had this plan or if she's flying by the seat of her pants either way it's awesome the fact that she's she literally snatched that dude's clothes i don't think she had like yeah. a uh it'd be hilarious though if she did like in her closet have different outfits like this is like uh <laughs> Abercrombie and fitch in case terminus shows up and this is uh you know raggedy poncho in case the wolves show up and no i just got like every conceivable like- apocalyptic group. she's got like assless chaps in case the rough side Riders from mad you sure, know yeah. mad max come up she's she's Any post-apocalyptic gang scenario she's ready for. Uh She's got, uh, you know, her shirtless outfit in case it breaks out into a Zion rave. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, So should we move on to Deanna and uh, Maggie? Yeah. They're still outside the gates, and Maggie is wanting to come inside to, you know, kick some ass. And Deanna says, the best thing to do for me is to stay out here because I can't fight. All I can do is be put in peril. And she's like, all right. And they shut her into the cab with the dead zombie. Is this smart or is this a little cowardice? I want to say it's both because I don't totally disagree with her. Like, I don't think she's going to go in there and regulate. But there was a little bit of Eugene wanting to stay yeah. in the medical center, not because it's the best place you can help, but also because you're terrified. Yes, I think so. I thought so, too. She's stocking in in in, De- uh, in Janeway, really fallen. Like mm-hmm. the confidence level is is really falling for me. Yeah, she needs to come back uh, and lead her people very soon. Uh, so we find out. Uh, I think this is the scene. Actually, we find out the Holly, the blonde woman on the table, is bleeding internally. Mm-hmm. And you know, we kind of already discussed this in a in a later scene. So I think we could move on.
0: Well, I do. I do love the line. Wait, is this where they operate her on
1: or not? No, I think this is where okay. they're debating about it. Never mind then. Uh, Carl saves Ron. Ron uh, gets himself in some real trouble. Uh, and Carl goes out and regulates with his gun and says gets too close what the fuck are you doing Carl you know this guy is
0: just gonna jump up and grab you but you know that also enough.
1: Carl is like so Carl's a half step to the left of Rick on the whole you know saving people people can like Rick, Carl is one of those voices in Rick's head saying we need to work on re- finding new people and accepting them so I sure. think he's alright this guy's incapacitated now he's screaming for help I thought, yes, he got a little too close, to, but, you know, Carl took him, so. Yeah, he did. In the end, it worked out. I just, I was worried. Yeah. Uh, But he says, come with me if you want to live, and that Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) shit doesn't work on Ron, because, and I think it was about to, and then he saw Enid looking at him, and like, I don't want to look like a puss in front of Enid.
0: Yeah, I just got my ass saved by Carl, and I feel ashamed. Yep. Because, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions going on here right he's probably grateful that carl saved him he's he's angry that carl is essentially stealing his girl who i don't know that was ever actually his girl but he probably probably felt that way yeah sure uh and also like everything that rick and carl have been telling them has come true Mm -hmm. and now they need they need protection and they're the ones doing it and he feels ashamed about that sure well it's like the perfect storm for him yeah to just storm off
1: uh so ron comes home uh and just endangers his mother and brother because they were all okay in their safe room with Jesse the gun. I think she probably mm-hmm. could have handled that situation. But as soon as he comes home and screams for him, he hear a pitter patter of crazy feet running down to confront him. Yeah. And Jesse's like, Oh shit, leave Sam behind in a panic room and then goes down and I thought I thought this is where she dies. Yeah. And I thought it's like, huh, I wonder what this is gonna do to Ron's character and to Sam's character and a Carl and and Rick and, like, all this is going to be interesting, stew. But just as I was counting Jesse down for the count, she picks up a pair of scissors and stabs this woman to death. Yeah, she does. <laughs> right in front of Ron and brutal fat. I mean, she just flips into survival mode instantly and goes crazy on him and mm. is kind of epic.
0: Ron was wrong. The, the haircut scene was not just her excuse to talk to him. It was, was also comparing. an excuse to have sure. weapons out on the counter, although you sure. don't really need it in a kitchen. Just have a block of knives. Yeah. And you're yeah. good to go. Well, but, he's not ready well, for knives.
1: You know, like like uh, Carl sized yeah. up Father Gabriel and said, you're ready for machetes. She looked at her son, because mm-hmm. she's supposed to be training him. Uh, maybe a butter knife. No, <laughs> no. We'll go with scissors. Haircut. There's, uh, there's a good inch and a half of blade on there that he can't get himself in too much trouble with. Sure. Yeah, no. Um, and then there's like this kind of pregnant pause, and then she got- screams and stabs her one more time in the eye for good measure before we go to commercial. So I think...
0: So th- this is... This has two purposes, right? One, to take out her anger. She's fucking pissed about this. Yeah. But two, she's got to kill what's going to turn into a zombie, right? So she stabs it in the head.
1: I want... So yes, practically that's exactly what happened. But I wonder how much conscious thought she had of that. Yeah, I think it was more of a rage reaction. Uh, you're they could have right. played yeah. it for laughs, but of her looking up to her like shocked son, and she's like, "You got to take care of the brain." <laughs> That'd have been kind of funny. <laughs> it could have, but I don't know this. I don't know that the this this episode felt pretty well balanced with uh, humor and genuine like uh, genuine tension and drama and mm-hmm. badassness and like I it's a pretty good episode the other thing in this scene is she she follows the golden bald move rule play dead yeah until you have a decisive advantage or you're safe play dead I think it saved her too yeah do not be the person that's trying to slug trail your way out on an no, open app just works. just lay there mm-hmm. and, and die in peace if nothing else so we got the uh another th- reason we love Carol's because she employs the Chewbacca gambit this is awesome. It's good yeah. enough to sneak into the Death Star. It's good enough to get the goat of several wolves. And it totally works. The wolves walk by and they go, Great catch. Yeah. Uh, somebody,
0: I forget the name, Nathan. but they think she's one of them. It's kind and my of favorite awesome. is like
1: in this scene where it's like, Hey Nathan, where'd you get that gun? Blam, blam. Like yeah. she's just yeah. it's so good. And also, I don't think we saw this on the first time through, but Carol, she sees Gabriel being attacked in the distance, looks at him and says, Leave it. Yeah. Yeah, fuck Gabriel. Yeah, and of course, Morgan can't do that. I don't even know if he knows about the betrayal, honestly. He's going to get them both killed. He broke disguise here. Yeah. Broke character. Uh, Then she breaks into the community room and gives Olivia, who's terrified, just a crash course in gun control. (laughs) Like, this is the trigger, this Mm -hmm. is the business end, point it and squeeze it if someone comes through and don't stop until they're on the ground. That's pretty much all you need to know. I thought it was going to come back. I thought it was too, that she was going to potentially her. Yeah. That would have been Mm -hmm. ironic. That would have been devastating. Cause man, just when Carol's on a all time high. Yeah. Uh, so they go outside and this person who Morgan has subdued and has tied to hands now starts just babbling word salad. I, he says, I think friend, the trap people don't belong here anymore. And Carol just comes and blows his head off. Did you get a definitive on what this guy was saying? Uh, No, I didn't. And I don't know that it's important because I they're established was. as being all crazy. Yeah. Like this is as meaningful as the guy who the Joker blew up with a cell phone screaming about the voices in his head. And, you know, it's like he's just I a crazy so. guy. And Morgan's like, God damn it. They clearly have a story to tell, but I don't know that it's that important at the moment. So Carol gives him two guns, one for Gabriel, one for Morgan from the Armory, and Morgan's like, I'm MacGyver now, I don't need a gun. Yeah. And now Gabriel gets two guns. Yeah. Which has some possibilities. Yeah, for
0: a guy who hasn't yet been matri- trained on a machete, though, I'm a little can worried. Can you imagine
1: him with, like, hot fuzz-style, like, hidden wrist launchers? He can walk <laughs> out into a group of, you know, let's say, wolves. Yeah, as a priest. I'm it'd... like, I'm unarmed, I can't, and then he just whips out and regulates. Yeah, or here's what should happen: He should go into the
0: armory, and him and what's her face in there should have a shootout. <laughs> like
1: they're both untrained. Uh huh. Oh God. Both untrained. They both have weapons. Uh, we then retreated treated to a scene of Aaron and Rosita just going ham on these wolf guys. They're they're uh, kicking ass. Uh, Morgan's just looking around, completely unhappy that all of his morgalizing is going unheeded here. Yeah. He confronts these five wolves, and one of them, I think, is the guy who jumped him at his campsite back in last season. Morgan, one of them is the travels of Morgan,
0: the the kind of leader here, the one the one who's, I guess, I don't know, blonde or yeah. reddish hair. Yeah,
1: and he says, "You keep choosing this life, and you will die." And the guy says, we didn't choose. And Morgan kind of gets in the back down by saying, look, I just got this broomstick and I'm kicking your ass. Yeah. My friends have guns. They might show up any time and shoot you. So the guy blows and kisses. Morgan lets him retreat with a gun. Yeah. So now we have wolves with a gun. A gun. Do you think they have more than, because it was pretty, it was pointed out many times this episode that the wolves are unarmed.
0: Well, uh, ironically, for
1: melee combat, they're well armed. Is but. Washington D.C. Baltimore area? Did it just like they have so oh many God. guns and ammo that it just went off like the Fourth of July in the first couple of weeks of zombie apocalypse, and now they're just like fresh out.
0: No ammo for any of their weapons, so they're like, "Fuck them, we don't need them."
1: Yeah, they're just throw, They're just back to the Stone Age. I,
0: I don't know. I it was confusing to me why they didn't have or what I would call real. Or weapons. Are,
1: is there some brains behind the Wolves unit, and they're using these? Create these mentally ill crazy people as kind of like their shock troops. Maybe so. Like, there's actually some wolves that have an agenda and are getting making profit off of this arrangement, but they're not the true believers. That they're they're running like a cult, and it's a cynical cult.
0: Yeah, the guy, the guy that Morgan's talking to in this scene seems a little less crazy than some of the others, right? He seems like maybe he's a leader, and he has the authority to you know do his kissy mouth thing, and people will follow him. Yeah. So there's some kind of hierarchy here. There's some kind of structure and and thought, but I don't know what it is
1: yet. So it could be that this is kind of like literally a post-apocalyptic cult, and they have this thing where people can't live like this anymore. Hmm. I kind of like what that the one guy who was tied up was kind of spouting about how this is what you're living is a trap. You can't do this. Like he, he's trying to spread his religion, which is the only way to live now is – This kind of insane extreme predator prey just live uninhibited because, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird worldview, but I think it could be internally consistent. So they could just be killing because, like, you are in violation of natural order of things. Mm -hmm. You're trying to live with your fucking cardigan sweaters and your, you know, spring cleaning casseroles and your baby monitors. And this just isn't allowed anymore. This is an affront. Anything about yeah, that, uh, I, that doesn't I like require that. anything kind of management. It just requires a credo, an agreed upon ethos. Yes, you know? uh, and
0: I, I, I think that's a good theory on that. Um, especially since a lot of this series has been asking that question, right? Like, especially with Rick, how far does Rick need to go to keep his people safe? Can he? Can they do the prison thing? Well, the answer there is no. Mm-hmm. Can they do the Alexandria thing? We're not sure yet, but the wolves would probably say no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So with the return of farming, again, it seems like they're trying to find the right mix between Terminus and Kumbaya. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a there's a happy medium between Terminus and Alexandria. But we don't know if it's compatible with the world as it stands. Right? And and we also you're experimenting on the fly, so you don't know if this is just because you've gone through all these others, you don't know that this is the right winning combination. Yeah. There's maybe sure. some other missing ingredient that we don't know about yet. It's probably Uh, cream of celery. Probably cream of celery. (laughs) Uh, There is an ironic scene of Carol smoking, like taking the cigarette off a dead woman. Uh And starting to smoke. I don't know if she actually does, but she can't wipe the W off her head. She tries. I thought that was significant. She looks over and sees the A stamp that Sam put on there, which. So what what is your interpretation of the scene? So I I, I think Carol sees it and she goes, look at what I've become. I'm a W. I used to be an A. Essentially, I'm yeah. I'm so close to being X, Y, Z. Like, who knows?
0: I mean, even when she was an A, it was like she she had to go Rambo. That's the moment when she went full Rambo, right? That's true. That was when to she to go save the, her yeah. people from the A train. Um, and and I think that's coming home to, to she's finally seeing like how hard she's become, mm-hmm. how callous she's become, and maybe a little bit of the moralizing has rubbed off on her. She still does what needs what needs to be done, but she doesn't feel great about it in this scene is my take
1: uh speaking of carol feeling great uh we have yet another snippet from the hot new reality-based cooking series from amc coming to your televisions this fall please enjoy cooking with carol Carol,
2: you can't just go around killing people. Shut the fuck up, Morgan.
1: Alright then, Uh, so we have uh, Carol kind of making a horrifying discovery about her own inner nature, and Aaron makes a real-life horrifying discovery that his backpack he misplaced in his adventures with Daryl has led the wolves Mm. right back to Alexander. All those lovely pictures of their walls and their defenses and all the things they have on display, Mm -hmm. arguably at least hasten their downfall, put them on the radar what do you think's going to what, what sucks to be him yeah because I mean, like- the thing is like you want to go up and say you're no man this but you know you, this the, you did what you tried to do good it went bad yeah real bad yeah this is essentially like u.s middle eastern policy like this yeah you're trying to do but it's, it's bad it's all going bad <laughs> and you should feel bad <laughs> And there's nothing you can really say. Like, yeah. I and what do you do? Do better? Don't help people yeah. anymore? Like, that's not I, a winning strategy. I guess don't do it again. Yeah, <laughs> Just... no, you're fucked. Welcome to life, dick. Yeah, feeling pretty bad for Aaron in the scene. Uh, Is he going to hang up the... So, so we know that he had talked Daryl into the necessity of the work that they do. Yeah. Scouting. Is this going to change Aaron's mind? Is this going to put him in conflict hmm. between him and Daryl, who Daryl's still wanting? Like, no, man, we got to get out there. We got to find people. And him like, uh, no, no, wolves. We'll find wolves.
0: I mean, if it does, it only serves to alienate Daryl's character, right? Because he's he's lined up with Rick. Aaron is lined up with Rick at this point, if if that's how he thinks. And
1: It would be kind of interesting, though, because... Daryl or Aaron was the first person that made Daryl feel like he was part of the community. Yeah. So that he would put himself out like this. So putting some conflict between them, especially under like, again, this would not be contrarian bullshit. This would be, it's hard not to change your mind when you're confronted with something awful like this that you feel responsible for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree.
1: So, uh, Denise reluctantly calls Holly. She has butchered her on the table and has not saved her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and says, I need all of you guys to go because I need to. Uh, Mama needs some some liquor and Xanax. Mm-hmm. And, and Tara, you, you think that she's like trying to make her feel better. But she's yeah. after she's like, no, just please, all of you get out. She goes, OK, but just remember to take care of the brain. Like love it. Yeah, that's no, a great line. It was really dark. It's, it's
0: really funny, too. It is completely. A lot of the stuff that happens in here is funny in this particular room.
1: Uh, so next we get a scene of Rosita exp- uh, explaining to Deanna's worthless sad sack, but nevertheless very pretty son, how you keep going on in his world. Because he's got, you know, she's she and, and I love her because Rosita's kind of like our audience stand in. She's like, you guys are way too fucking season one for uh-huh. me to deal with. Like, find something that's worth dying for. That's it. That's kind of that's that's the Walking Dead secret. You have to find something you believe in that you care about more than yourself. Mm-hmm. Protect that thing. That's how Abraham got by. That's how Rick gets by. That's how Carol's getting or Carl and Carol's getting by. Glenn and Maggie, sure. Yeah, if you don't have that thing. Now, I wonder if they're going to position Morgan as some kind of like he doesn't have a he doesn't care about one specific person. He cares more about this fragile sense of community. Like are they going to introduce mm-hmm. people that I guess that's still something that's worth dying for. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Anyway, uh, so then we have a scene with Maggie saying to Deanna with kind of like a stiff upper lip, hey, we're still here. And Deanna says, not all of us, because she's turning into Droopy the (laughs) dog before our eyes. Whatever, man. Get over it. That was last season. Deanna is not. She's going to die, right? I don't know. She's, she's starting to I see the buzzard circling her character.
0: I could still see her coming back from this and leading the group.
1: If I don't see some but, fire in her belly in the next yeah. two or three episodes, then she's probably dead by then because probably. this this routine can't can't continue to go on. Uh Carl finds the, Also, she's outside
0: the wall. Let's let's remember where she is at this point, right? She's still outside the wall. Mm, so that's true. a giant walker herd comes. She's ground zero. For... Spencer's not gonna do anything with that rifle.
1: They're done. No, uh uh-uh. uh so even if he could he couldn't do it against a thousand walkers no so that's scary i blame liberals we should have thousand round right barrel magazines yeah. for our assault rifles because what if the zombies come it's true you it's know true. like we we <laughs> should be issued a couple of panels of cold rolled steel and mm-hmm. thousand round drums of ammunition just in case
0: I, I think so why not
1: why are they why are they endangering our country i don't understand uh, so Carl goes home and finds the Rosetta Stone for JSS. It's just survived somehow, mm-hmm. written in Sad Girl uh, Journal font. And then the casserole goes off. And I love him just nonplus. He just goes and grabs the casserole out and sets it at the cool. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> it's 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 this
0: mundane moment after an episode full of insanity. So so
1: perfect. So perfect. Yeah. Uh, so. Morgan dispatches some freshly turned Alexandrians, which, that's a good point. There's a lot of Alexandrians dead on the ground. Mm -hmm. They're going to come back as zombies almost immediately, and you better disperse and attack them, because the Alexandrians can't handle a zombie. No. Much less two or three. Mm -hmm. So, Morgan then runs into one of the other guys who held his camp up. He's the kind of long-haired one who recognizes him, and... He says, you can't. He realizes after they briefly struggled that you actually are incapable of killing. Yeah. And then he gets his dick crushed by a broom handle, and Morgan <laughs> apologizes, and I think kills the guy, I yeah? think
0: apologizes, or says, I'm starting. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell if he says, I'm starting to get used to this killing thing, or I'm sorry. We didn't have subtitles in the copy that and we were And they both watching. mean very different things, right? Yes. Like, one says... I really don't want to
1: do this. The other says, I'm kind of getting used to it. I'm warming this. up. Yeah. I feel like it's sorry, but uh, we watched I that like so. 10 times. And as I, it's it's kind of like morphing, you know, when you hear a word yeah. long enough, like giraffe. Say giraffe seven times and it'll sound like some alien yeah. language from fucking Avatar. The Blue Navi are going to be, it's, it's one of their <laughs> creatures. But uh, yeah, I think either one would be interesting. But he did kill the dude. He, I think so, yeah. I, does. Is that a, like a fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice? Wait, fail, yeah, the reverse of that. Yeah, I always My verbal dyslexia that comes to save the get day again.
0: Uh, I, I think so.
1: Uh, and then we have a scene of like Morgan and Carol walking past each other and almost like a ballet type of thing. And it's clearly metaphorically they're on different directions on the same street. Yeah, like like is, is that, is we understand that Carol is starting to rethink her bloodthirsty ways, and Morgan's starting to rethink his uh, naive pacifism? I think so, yeah. Ugh. I just, I, I would like to find, I, I just wish, I, if that's the case, I wish they came together and shook hands at the end, because I'm ready for them mm. to find a little bit of equilibrium. Yeah. Uh, We do have one more ad for the Carol thing, but that's going to be at the very end of the podcast. We're not having a spoiler section this week. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about if you don't want to listen to feedback but want to hear the uh, exciting conclusion of the previews for Cooking with Carol, you can skip to the end of the podcast. So we've got feedback coming up pretty quick, but first, a uh, word from our sponsor. It's not just AMC, Cooking for Carol, this week. we got Audible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a free copy of a spoken word work at audiblepodcast.com slash move just by signing up. And uh, they've got... Hundreds of thousands of unabridged works. Uh, they're also excited, Audible is, uh, about Lock and Key, which is a multicast audio adaptation of the Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez best-selling graphic novels. Also an Eisner Award winner back in 2009. That's the kind of comics award show. Um, and for a limited time only until November 4th, you can get this totally free at audible.com slash LNK. and this is regardless of whether you sign up with our bald move link, or if you signed up before, this is just a free thing you can get. Uh, and it sounds like something appropriate for the month of October. Let's, uh, let's look at this uh, plot synopsis. This chilling tale starts at the tragic event that takes us to an ancestral estate in Lovecraft, Massachusetts, where the family learns that every key unlocks the past, the paranormal, and the evil creature that lurks within. Mm. Perfect Halloween reading slash listening, yeah? Sounds spooky. And this isn't just like, you know, one dude or one woman reading this in a monotone voice. This is an all-star production. Uh, it boasts an all-star cast with performance by Academy Award nominee Haley Joe Osmet. Hmm. Okay. You know him? He's he's in spooky movies. He is ghost, ghosty movies. Golden Globe Award nominee Tatiana Maslany, uh or Orphan Black, Orphan Black fame, and Emmy Award winner Kate Mulgrew, who I, that's name sounds familiar. She mm-hmm. she plays uh, Deanna in this episode. <laughs> in The yeah? Walking Dead, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. And no, no, she doesn't. She Cap- Captain Janeway on Voyager. Yeah, there you go, Star Trek. And, and also, she plays Red on the uh, Orange is the New Black. If you want a less dated cultural reference. But yeah, go. it's all star cast. Uh, they're doing up an award winning thing. And it, the thing is, it's free. Go to audible.com slash L and K, L A N D K. Uh, and you can sign up uh, for audiblepodcast.com slash bald move and get essentially two free books. I just did. I just went and got this one for free. What are you reading? What are you listening
0: to? Uh, I This month I got uh, Ready Player One.
1: On Audible. Ah, that's the one read by Will Wheaton? It is, yeah. So a couple of Star Trek books I, I remember month. him talking about that on The Nerdist at some point. Yeah. Uh, when he first did that project. Yeah, looking forward to listening to that. It's like 15
0: hours. This one, this lock and key thing, is like 14 hours-ish. Ah. So uh, nice long stuff. You, you save like 23 bucks when you go get it for free.
1: Uh, and I'm doing this. I'm kind of... Um, I'm not reading anything new. I... I'm kind of in between books right now, so I'm going back and rereading the Patrick O'Brien series, and I'm on Post-Captain, and I got uh, the Audible copy of that, read by Patrick Tull. And the great thing about the Audible app, again, because I'm a legit fan, is like I find that some of the more dramatic readings are a little too slow for my taste. Uh You can completely customize a playback speed. You give it like a 1.25%. I've never done that. And it just it gives it a little urgency and like keeps up with like kind of like my natural reading pace mm-hmm. and you still get the dramatic reading aspect. I mean you can get crazy. You can get it like 2.0 and the guys are talking like this. it's like the micro machine commercial guy. Yeah, yeah. That's a little much. But if you want like if you're a binar uh, or you speak binary, maybe that's the speed you want to roll. But it gives sure. you it gives you the the freedom and the command. And again, you know, I'm I'm reading a book at night. I roll out of bed and, on my Kindle, and then I turn on my cell phone, and Audible's right there to take over. It's pretty mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Audiblepodcast.com slash bald move. And now we're ready for feedback. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, we start off. I I had to delete a
0: couple over the course of our discussion of the episode because we talked about. Did them. we trample it? We did. Um, Crushed their rib cages. And I'm not sure I got them all, but we're we're gonna take this as it comes here. Okay. Uh, Dan from Philly. Hey, guys. Usually when I write in, it's because of the utter frustration this show puts me through sometimes. But I also like to think I can be fair to it when it really works, and that's exactly what it was like this week. Yep. Character development is always good, but set Carol loose, and I'm there every time. Yep. The only criticism I have is how uh, now we have to wait. We have to have yet another capable badass who, of course, has to be a David Carradine kung fu pacifist who's tortured by his conscience. Not only is this a trope uh, that's so old in general – it's so played out on this show. As, as, it's not just a trope that's old and ju- exactly what you said, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Carol really has to start bitch slapping people on a constant basis, uh, sort of like Fonzie hitting the jukebox every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's a little old. I mean, that no, was essentially no, it's a Rick. lot old. This that, is at, that was Rick seasons one and two. Give that me was...
1: one fucking season where this hasn't been an A plot in an episode or three. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we get it. Uh to be fair that's kind of a complaint you could have about the comic series as well. Hmm. He likes to dwell on this, you know, what does it mean to be human? But yeah, I I'm ready for yeah. That's the least interesting thing about the season. And again, that's only been like 10%, so I'm I'm pretty happy, but if we're going to slow down after we're assuming both uh, uh both of us are assuming that we're going to have a crowd-pleasing zombie fest next week. It got to be After that, if things slow down and we get a whole bunch of navel-gazing about what this world means and how we can live in, it's going to go back to, like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. But we'll see. Brad S. says, Good episode, but I have a logistical question.
0: How did the wolves get in? Were they let in? We saw the wolves chop up bodies like we saw at Noah's community. Is there a purpose to that behavior? Also, how does a group of mentally ill people communicate and work together? It's like having a community full of jokers. They would just be murdering one another. I was irritated when they had one of them alive that carol just shot in the head do some interrogating damn it for such practical people we didn't see a lot of layered thinking maybe i'm not being fair ever since it was a life or death situation yeah so well that's the, the thing. question as far you kinda, as
1: i feel like they wanted it both ways like these people are crazy so there's no point in interrogating them because this guy is just again talking word salad yeah i don't think interrogating would have been But that's exactly the point. Like, now, my headcanon says the smartest one, the most stable, Mm -hmm. uh, threw Molotov cocktails with maybe a friend or two and then climbed the supports. And then that gate was open. But I could also believe that someone needed to take a shit really, really bad and their relief was still 15 minutes away. So what's it going to hurt? You know, like, yeah, this community has left the gate open on numerous occasions for stupid bullshit reasons. So, true. It could just be that the wolves are waiting for them to drop their guard to make the attack. Yeah, and probably, given the pictures. But I don't know. It's like some of these people are too damaged to function. But it's like part of me wants to give them slack. is like when I'm watching Lord of the Rings, I'm seeing goblins who look like they're roughly human level intelligence. And they're fighting side by side with these giant, uh, you know, trolls. They're completely implacable and and they're just as likely to kill their allies, but they're still an effective berserker part of their force. So Mm -hmm. why can't you have a whole bunch of crazy, insane people that, yeah, you might take a bullet, but you're wolves and you're carving W's in your forehead, so why do you care? Like, yeah, I want to give them a little bit of, okay, like this is a crazy plan, but they're crazy people and it's savage. And it ultimately doesn't work all that well, so I can't find myself too much heart to complain about when everything else was fairly good. Yeah. Uh, Barry C. from the UK. It looks like the show is poised to set up a betrayal
0: from either Father Gabriel or Douglas. Both of them have been forgiven uh, when they probably should have been killed for their sins. Both are gradually being given training and more responsibility, and both of them are, well, pricks. All of which suggests to me that one of them will redeem themselves with the group, and one of them is going to leave the group wishing they hadn't been so forgiving. Do you agree? And which
1: one do you think will be the villain? My eyes are closed in pain because now that <laughs> he's, he's right. Why, yeah, you're telling the same story unless you want to have a parallel structure that eventually diverges. Why would you do that? Uh, my Oh, so as much as I hate Dickless, I think Gabriel is by far the more morally indefensible person because okay. he knew Rick and he saw the context of their actions and he deliberately misconstrued it. Mm-hmm. to try to curry favor when he found some place where he thought he could get all kinder and gentler again. And also he's hogging the rec room for his goddamn church. So fuck you, Gabriel. Sure. No, you're out. We, I mean, Nick, like, yeah, we had that priest last year that was even saying like when, when your own, when your own tribe turns against you, Gabriel, that means you're, you're irredeemable. So I, if they're going to do that, I'd rather have Gabriel be the betrayal or the downfall and him die. And I guess keep Nicholas around.
0: Yeah, uh, Barry's reasoning is Father Gabriel is more likely, Uh, so he agrees. He says, Dickless, you can argue, was naive about the world around him and is now learning that the group are the only thing keeping any sense of order. Gabriel, however, knows all too well what the world has become and still continued to betray the group. Plus, the wolves potentially could invoke some sort of savage biblical shit in him. (laughs) Savage (laughs) biblical shit? I don't know about that. I mean, (laughs) but yeah, I'm leaning toward Gabriel, too. His machete training could be a bad thing. Stephen from Florida says when Morgan allowed the wolves to leave, I saw them pick up a gun before running away. That gun is going to come back and bite Morgan in the ass, right?
1: Oh yeah, totally. Got to. And 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 speaking, I want to go back to this thing with uh, Father Gabriel. Yeah. This is the second time Father Gabriel's betrayed people that should have been able to put their trust in him. Like he betrayed his whole congregation through moral cowardice too. Yes. <laughs> so this is something that's deeply ingrained in his character and psyche. Yeah. So yeah
0: going to take more than machete training but
1: no there's no way they showed that guy picking up a gun and that's not going to be now i don't think it's going to be morgan i think it's going to be someone shocking okay like maybe that's how deanna dies a wolf with a gun and it's going to be Morgan's fault yeah but i don't know i hope they don't kill morgan i hope they keep morgan around for a couple seasons
0: we'll see unless he keeps morgalizing, then yeah i mean how
1: many so what's the over under on episodes for him to morgalize before we're officially over it one? Are you going to give him I, one? Like one and a half? I
0: don't know if I'm even going to give him one. I think maybe he he realized the error of his ways in this one.
1: He did. They just did such a good job with Rick, man. And like yeah. having a like you said, like having this debate on the battlefield made it all the worse.
0: Yeah, people are being chopped to pieces. I don't know. We we also have emails about that. Uh, anyway, Heff says I really enjoyed this episode and listened to your instant take and I had a couple things I wanted to respond to. First off. I think the wolves aren't a group of mentally ill people, but more of a cultish group with a you or us mentality. The black wolf that Morgan was typing up, uh, tying up said, we're freeing you. You aren't meant to be trapped in here. And the way that we've seen them acting as a group seems to imply some overall motivation. Uh, Whoever is their overall leader. I think we'll see something interesting.
1: There's a fine, as we know, well, know, there's a fine line between cult and mental illness. Yes. But that is not that that's fairly insightful. Yeah. And then he also says, I loved Carol's pragmatism in dealing with this entire situation.
0: She killed every wolf she came across, including perfect use of a disguise, comforted and putting down the dying Alexandrian woman, and made securing the armory her first priority, which we didn't really talk about, but that was smart, mm-hmm. smart of her. Uh, she ignored the wolf who was attacking Gabriel, and I think it was a poignant message. Gabriel proved he isn't worthy or, or part of Rick's group, and the armory took precedence over saving him.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Like I think, just for pettiness, she could have left him die. The fact that it overall served a strategic goal,
0: yeah. And I think it was kind
1: of—I mean, not petty. It was, yeah. Like he fuck him. He's getting this is karma. Yeah, it's it's yeah. rare that you get to see karma so swiftly executed. Indeed,
0: Jay has says there's about 300 million guns in the U.S. and the wolves are using only blades against Alexandria. What the fuck? Surely they would expect their opponents uh, to be armed with firearms. I mean, we kind of talked about that.
1: I wonder if you could have localized shortages. Even though you've got an abundance, uh, you'd have localized shortages. And again, like... Maybe. The United States... I don't know if, you, if you're if you not a shooter, you probably didn't know this, but a year or two back, we ran out of fucking ammunition. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could not get 9mm, twenty two. Like, sh- you could get shotgun shells, and that's it. Mm. Which is when I stopped shooting and got into archery, and I'm like, fuck this. Uh-huh. But, yeah, like, so... Now, there was a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists and a lot of, you know, economic and political theorists with reasons why that might be. Uh, But still, it's just a good point. Like, yes, all that's true. And they might have guns, but do they have ammunition for them? Can you readily get ammunition in every area of the United States equally in the zombie apocalypse? DC's got, like on paper, some of the most strict gun control laws in the nation, yeah, which is one of the ironic things. It's also got one of the highest body counts, so you can make whatever political hay you want with that. But I wonder what kind of like I don't know recall there would be like the the military saying,
0: "Okay, we need to we need the ammunition. because yeah. we're fighting this shit off, and
1: or Walmart send us all your ammo. But also, that's like you know." ask any prepper that's the first thing you're going to loot in the in case the shit hits the fan it's true yeah so that you got to put that in your calculations like you know canned goods uh water and ammunition are going to be the things every and alcohol and drugs are going to be what everybody goes after in a, in, a, in a loot so yeah you know i think you i think it's kind of more realistic that and also think about the average home average home in the suburbs or city how much ammunition can you get out where you go to the average home in the rural locations and each house could potentially have its own mini armory. Yeah. You know, thousands of rounds of ammunition and hundreds of shotgun shells. And that's just kind of way they roll out there. Sure. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. I can imagine in Georgia, there are a lot of houses like that. Sure. Uh, Devin from Alexandria, Virginia. He's not making a joke. He literally lives in Alexandria. And yes, the show has him completely wrong and it doesn't bother him. Uh, it seems like they've finally found a good balance with character development, interesting plots, and satisfying pacing. Agreed. Uh, the action in this episode served both as action for the sake of entertainment, a dawning of realization, and hopefully the catalyst of change for the Alexandrians, and interesting character development for Carol and Morgan. In terms of Morgan, I had less issue with his moralizing, as you seem to express in the Instant Cast, because I don't think he's balanced at all. Back in season four, he was out of his mind insane, and I still view him as not being altogether sane. Yeah. S- instead of settling down into a balanced sanity, I think he's pulled more of an inverted Rick pendulum swing, sure. and swung into a viewpoint of no killing at all costs, which is highly irrational and not exactly sane in the zombie apocalypse.
1: No, um, I, that's that's a valid interpretation of his character. Yeah, I, I like I just the find point. It annoying.
0: <laughs> the 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 biggest point I like out of this is the the economy with which this episode executed its action. You sure. Know, it it wasn't just action for action's sake. Like like he points. Everything out. felt like it had a logical purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh Dan O says, long time fan of your podcast for The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad of Fargo. Thank you. Uh, first things first, JSS, just survive somehow. Yes. You and about six hundred million
1: other people. Dude, I got so I got a couple a hundred people in my PlayStation account at this point. Oh, God. Destiny and Last oh, of no. Us. I got four messages through Playstation about just survive somehow. So yeah. Big mistake, missing out the first couple minutes of the episode. Yeah, uh, he goes on. <laughs> but it's also nice to know that people are ready, ready and willing to uh, th- to help us out, set us straight. On yeah, the, the mystery. I mean, really, we should have in. known the
0: the name of the episode and saw that just survived somehow on the paper and made the connection, which we did the second time. Sure, viewing it, but yeah, it's hard when you're cracking jokes over the thing. It is yeah. during a live watch. Yeah. Uh, He goes on, uh, Rick needs someone to challenge his decisions. The plan for moving the zombies away from the camp by first leading them to the camp is insane, and to leave it virtually unprotected when you already know the wolves aren't that far away, really not a strong strategic plan. Similar in poor design to allowing the Terminites' small group to enter the church while it seemed your group slipped away, again, leaving little protection for the few left behind. Chronic, chronic mistake by Rick.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Leaving his... Settlement completely undefended.
1: Although, this wasn't, I mean, it's kind of like an all chips are in plan he had, too. Yeah. So, like, I get it. Like, he should have left a small base camp of badasses, but he had Carol there. Like, he had Carl there. It wasn't like he left the cupboards bare. He needed people who could execute. Rosita and he, was there. He knew only his group was capable of it. And, and, the think of it. So, 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 yeah, I don't even know that's a valid criticism. You had Carol, Carl, Rosita, Tara. Who's at least a mid tier badass at this point?
0: I mean, all of all of the all of our core group are more capable than the Alexandrians. But I, of of the people there, the only ones I would call badasses are definitely Carol.
1: Go say you better put Carol um, on there. Yeah, obviously, she's the Washington on the Mount Rushmore nowadays. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, who else is Carl, Obviously, is no, a badass. Carl, sure, but, Rosita. But, you got to give Rosita. Rosita kicks ass. I guess she does, and, and doesn't have seen much hot of hot pants. Come on, not anymore. Well, not yeah, anymore. She's, she's wearing changed, sensible clothes yeah. now since she's found some. I but guess.
0: I, we just haven't seen much of Rosita in action, you know. But so we I s- don't think of her as a, a big badass. We know she's one of the last
1: survivors of the Abraham Group, which implies yeah. and the things. It does, and when we've seen her fight, it's she's been competent. So I don't. Yeah, I, again, but Tara is too busy fist bumping. But, but when you got, eh, I think Tara is at least. Baseline competent. Eugene's worthless. They're all baseline competent. Yeah. No, I mean, even, e- even
0: Eugene could probably Judith. at this point shoot something, but. He can shoot a, a deuce and a half
1: and blow it up. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yes, he can.
1: Uh, Okay. So I disagree with the fact that Rick had a desperate plan. He needed all of his best people and he still left Alexandria not bereft with guardians.
0: But almost
1: almost i mean the the sheer amount of badass but that he a takes with him plan. do you half-ass the w- very sensitive lead all the thousands of zombies away from your community plan no but in theory nobody's gonna have to shoot in that plan right like
0: leave some badass behind some some gun-toting badass some armchair post-apocalyptic and, generalship and, i think yeah and bring bring a rosita bring a terra what am i saying this
1: it's that total bullshit <laughs> what the fuck rick what, are you th- what am I doing defending this asshole? What a, what a, what a dick.
0: Moving on. John K. <laughs>
1: says, I see a theme between Rick and Morgan.
0: Rick started out seeing the good in humanity. After the first season, Rick came upon Shoot Happy Morgan in season four. Remember this? Yes. Mm. Clear is a great episode. Uh, Morgan was shooting humans and The Walking Dead. Since then, Rick became Morgan in clear, and Morgan became Rick in clear. Yin and yang. Uh... By the way, why does everybody take handguns but not the assault guns? Revolvers with six bullets versus 30 bullet rifles. I don't know. Do they have a bunch of rifles? They do. They have a shitload in the armory.
1: Yeah. I thought that I was a little disappointed Carol didn't come out strapped. Yeah. I thought that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know.
0: Uh, Jay says, how is it possible that The Walking Dead is able to have such a good character development for Carol, but very few others? During this week's episode, we see yet another side of Carol beyond her Rambo moments. Carol has a breakdown on the steps of her home. She is having an identity crisis. Is she a wolf or is she an Alexandrian? This is symbolized by her looking at the a on the porch and trying to wipe the W off her forehead, which we talked about. Uh, and he says, I hope she finds a balance between both. Yeah. She, I feel like Rick is the one who's kind of most in that position. It's Mm -hmm. weird. Like, he doesn't express it all that well, yeah. but he is doing things to keep people safe. He knows what needs to be done, but at the same time, he's not as cold as Kara. He would never tell Sam, I'm going to tie you to a tree outside if you reveal sure. what our plan and is. And he also kind of
1: trusts, like, I again, I still stand by my read of Rick being worried that Jesse was not going to be a survivor, but mm-hmm. he's trusting her, like, okay, well, this is your decision to make, and, you know, where I think other yeah. seasons, Rick's might have tried to be more hands-on and, you know... Uh, uh, But, yeah, I think that also it's not just Carol they're doing good character moments with. I thought they did a great job introducing Denise. I yep. thought they continued to do really good work uh, with, like, Tara, building the Tara and Eugene relationship so that mm-hmm. when one or the other inevitably dies, you'll actually have a genuine moment. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Carl, uh, Enid, like, that cold open was a really efficient way to tell us a lot about what we'd kind of guessed about her. Mm-hmm. So and maybe it's a little bit over the top with the JSS stuff, but I, I thought this episode did a lot of un, things that they, they've desperately needed to do for a long time and kind of almost behind the scenes without you even realizing it. Indeed. Stuff that's going to not just be entertaining now, but is going to set up moments they want to get to net and they're, they're finally getting the cart, the horses in front of the cart instead of like, oh shit, we need to kill this person because reasons. Well, I guess we'll manufacture some emotion. There's some emotion being built behind all these characters now. I think so, and you know it'll. It's it's also being masked under this
0: action, guys, which is great because while they're doing the the world building here, they're also doing something visually interesting and yes, something to kind of distract us from exactly what they're doing. Yes, which I think is good. Yeah. Uh, so we just had an email from Jay. Now we got one from JJ. I, I don't know what's going on here. Is, if the email is next email is JJJ, I'm out. Okay, it's not. Okay, uh, JJ says you probably noticed that we got two Chekhov's guns in this episode. Mm-hmm. The first one when the wolf that got beat up by Morgan picked one up, and the second one at that timid lady barricade in the armory. Uh, Olivia, I think is her name. How long before we see either either or both of those guns again? Do you think the armory lady will be waiting there in the next episode, gun drawn, and just shoot whoever comes
1: in? I. Don't think so. I think that's something that pays off in an episode if they're going to do it. I thought
0: so too, and I
1: I expected them to. Honestly, I expected I did somebody to walk in there, either Carol
0: or, or Morgan or JJ Sam. says Morgan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Especially with Morgan and his desire not to kill people, sure. and then it would be
1: ironic. Sure, I do think that the Morgan gun is definitely going to come back, and I I'm leaning towards it not actually affecting Morgan because that would be just. Alana, straight up, well, Alana more said, ironic. Yeah. Uh, but it's not going to be impactful because the person that needed to learn the lesson, or it'd be like if, uh, you know, someone else found Eric's back, uh, Aaron's backpack after he died. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, that's like, well, you dead dumbass. But if Morgan's mistake leads to someone else, like, probably maximum impact would be killing or, sh- or shooting Carol. Yeah. It doesn't teach Morgan anything, is what you're saying. Yes, if he dies. <laughs> yes, like if someone important gets impaired. Like it doesn't have to be impaired. Like if if Carol gets shot again, and maybe Denise has to save her. Like that's. Although man, they've gone gone through the Carol's in a coma. Well, and Carol bounces right back. Man, she is. She's gets shot. Whatever. She get she's ran fine. over by a car, and she's ready to go. Uh, yeah. But no, I feel like it's going to endanger someone that Morgan's going to feel real bad about.
0: Yeah. I'm with you, uh, Heather says, I had a laugh out loud moment this episode. Carl tells Gabriel to come by around three, we'll start with the machete mm-hmm. training. And we cut to a scene of Carol watching some crazy dude fly at her neighbor and hack her up with a machete. And her first reaction was, Oh my god, machete training went really badly <laughs> <laughs> until she realized it wasn't Gabriel. That, that was I'm a funny. surreal moment. Yeah, that person,
1: like, Carol's like, Ah, bitch, smoking. I thought that's w- what the moment was going to be. And then the guy come flying yeah. in with the machete. Pretty, pretty brutal.
0: Chris E says, uh, I must've been one of the few that really didn't care for this episode. Had to put this in here for yeah, you gotta, contrast. You gotta you know? the other side. Uh, and I'm a walking dead fanatic. I think I, it was just the inconsistencies that really bothered me. For instance, when Enid came to the house where Carl was while they were under attack, she mm-hmm. just walked in like nothing was happening outside. She came to say goodbye in the middle of all of that. How'd the truck get to the wall? Were we supposed to believe that Diana's son? It's its Diana, by the way. Son shot the driver, and then the driver turned into a walker that fast. I think we are.
1: Yeah. I think we are. It, the, this, I don't know that everybody was on the same page with his makeup, though. Because I've seen fresh yeah, zombies, uh-huh. a shit ton of them. Uh, well, actually less than I'd like, in Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, this guy looked like he's four, five, six weeks to the bad. Indeed. So, But, you know, that harsh Georgia sun oh shit we're in the east coast that harsh baltimorean sun yeah (laughs) it's rough out there uh and as for
0: this doctor it's clearly set up for her to fail on this alexandrian to later be redeemed
1: by saving one of our heroes from some mortal injury but that's i mean that's like complaining that like meat and potatoes storytelling Yeah, yeah which by the way this show has struggled with so like if they can make a nice meat and potato stew out of Denise character in one or three episodes that I consider huge progress. It's <laughs> so like you're not wrong Indeed. that they've established basic morality play that you can now kind of you know, plug in. But that's a huge improvement over some of the stuff they have tried to do and failed.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of television and you've seen a lot of this stuff, I can imagine you get bored with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know what to tell you. Also, there's something
1: there's <laughs> something about this Denise. Like what do you mean? I heard uh, that she is a comic of like kind of like an up and coming comic. That she's a, hmm. a comic performer and Sevenwall talked about like he knew who she was. Oh, this explains so much about our second
0: viewing of this. I thought you were talking about Alana Masterson, Tara. When you said that See, and when you
1: said that <laughs> it, she was pregnant I thought you were making a crack about niece, and I'm no. like, whoa Alana Masterson was pregnant during the film of
0: this The filming ah. of this so, Okay, that straightens out
1: so much <laughs> See, I cut off my hair to buy you a chain For your watch And you sold your watch to buy me clothes oh, for my yeah. beautiful hair <laughs> Yeah, it's
0: a tragedy Greek tragedy uh, He goes on It also seems that Jesse may it's be the Carol 2.0 Considering she was another abused wife who turned into a badass. That would Maybe be so. cool.
1: The, the duo. The that Carol Jesse cool. duo. Salt and Pepper and Blondie. Back to back, firing yeah. guns in the air, sure. Yeah, that would be. I could totally get behind that. That's kind of like uh, the best case scenario for what happened after True Detective Season 2. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm all for that.
0: All right. Alex K. Here's says, your
1: spinoff. Fuck the West Coast Walking Dead. Get Carol, Carol and, and Jesse.
0: After they kill her kid, of
1: course. Sure. Both of her kids. Both of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Carol will get one of them. Yeah. uh, uh, Carl will get the other. Carol
1: ties one to the tree, and then... uh, Carl kills the other for hugging or or something. And then that frees them both up. All right, Alex K., this is
0: is a long email. I I apologize, because I had to do this hastily, because there was so much fucking email this week. Taste it. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You weren't kidding. (laughs) There was, there a lot of We get a lot of email on this show. Yes, we do. Uh, so some of it I didn't cut as well as I'd like to, and some of it I had to cut because I was in a hurry. Uh, Alex K says, This episode was 90% amazing, 5% weird teenager dialogue, and 5% stink face. And he goes on to explain this. <laughs> I like those odds, by the way. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, Every time. Every, every week time. I'll take it. Jesse, holy crap. First of all, I feel bad for hooraying the play possum thing she does to trick the lady into thinking that she was knocked out. Followed by the release of some very, very built up aggression stemming from years of domestic abuse. However, her very weird dialogue with Ron about cutting his hair Ugh. and talking to him was a little too real, like when HD shows you the pimples on a newscaster's face, too real. <laughs>
1: yeah. On the it other was. hand, it was believable,
0: but on the other hand, I think Ron is a terrible actor. Yeah, I don't think that kid's a great actor. L- little community theater. And, and yeah. it was
1: also the staging and the writing did not help that scene either. And the I agree. pacing, yeah. like. They felt like they were trying to go for natural people interrupting each other, but I don't know, like, either Ron was too late in his lines or Jesse was too early. It didn't feel, it felt
0: very stagey. I thought so, too. Yeah. Uh, He goes on, Deanna, she has mastered the art of stink face. (laughs) If you're wondering where her boys get their cowardice from, look no farther because the apple doesn't even fall from the tree here. Here, Mom, sit in this truck with that dead walker that I could have easily removed, and you'll be safe.
1: No, nah, she She does give good stink face. She sure. is. She's, like I said, she's her... She's going for Captain Janeway to Droopy Dog. All right. I guess I'll be safer outside the walls here, Maggie.
0: We have some, uh... So we have the other side of the Enid is a spy theory. Says Enid, cold open was good. I appreciated the quick cuts and skipping the obvious. Although I don't think they skipped the obvious. I don't agree with you there. It's a JSS thing. Holy shit. They really harped on that. Uh, glad we didn't have to do a whole episode on her backstory.
1: Yeah. that's fine. Also, I'm glad we'd have to wait three episodes to find out what JSS meant. Yeah. Uh,
0: he goes on, I don't buy the whole she's a spy tale. If she were a spy, then why wouldn't she lead the wolves directly to the armory? Yeah. But then you hear her say there are too many blind spots. That's how we and Carl interrupts her. So maybe either way, her being a spy has zero benefit and makes zero sense. Where, what does she have to gain from spying on the Alexandrians? Is she Good going question. back to be with the wolves? Why? doesn't make sense. And it is dumb. So is JSS dumb. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a fair point, right? Like if she has a life in inside
1: these walls, why would she be throwing that away to help the wolves attack? There's no, that's the thing. There's no motivation for her to side up with the wolves. Everything we know about her character says that she wouldn't stay with that de- dangerous group of people.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, so all we know about her character is from after she gets to Alexandria, right? Other than this brief moment of her parents getting eaten yeah. and her eating a turtle. Uh, so, like, if she's in there, I feel like you know, if-
1: doing her wolf thing. I feel and like along the way, she starts to feel guilty about it. I could see that uh, I the well, I so we'd have to fundamentally n- find out a lot more things about the wolves that would make that make sense, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But from what I see, of the wolves, I don't see this. I don't see them as the type of people she'd shack up with. From okay. a pragmatic standpoint, as well as I don't think she's that kind of person, but I I could I well, mean, just I could be survive surprised. somehow lends a little bit of. Of that idea, right? Like It is. I'm going
0: to do whatever I can, and these wolves are here, and they're going to help me, so
1: But also, I I think, so I thought that the staging of her coming in with Carl was a little weird, because you could plausibly say that maybe she didn't know that the wolves were attacking at that time. Mm -hmm. But I think it meant that she saw the wolves were attacking, and she's going to get out while they're getting as good, and she consciously chose to stay behind with Carl, even though that wasn't the smartest thing she could do from a personal survival standpoint. So that shows, I think that she has some kind of feelings for Carl. I think so. I, and, and I think know you're that right they're about not, that. Could, yeah. So the
0: other way to look at it is she knows she's not going to be harmed in this attack because she's one of them. Eh. And
1: therefore she walks in here. Not so nonchalant. Like I just don't leave in with the wolves and see. I, I'm alert. not saying that you can't read that. I just don't see the motivation there. I don't. It. Yeah. I don't think it's there yet. And, And also, it seems like that also weakens the case of them bringing Aaron's bag. Like, it feels like that is the thing, the breadcrumb that led them there. If they've had a person on the inside this whole time, that scene, why would they they bring it? Why was that significant? So, and the other thing is like, yes, Walking Dead is a mess. How long ago did
0: Enid get there,
1: right? Do we know? Before Carl. But no, we don't have a clear timeline of when she got there. It's got to be before
0: Aaron lost his bag, because we saw him lose his bag. Oh, yeah.
1: And Daryl was already there, and everybody was. Oh, yeah, was, sure, yeah.
0: sure, yeah. So, I don't know, Mopic, I don't know how to pronounce this pseudonym, uh, says, Carol, finishing that lady who was sliced and kept screaming to death was exactly what Rick did to Carter, screaming on the road with the walkers. What do you think about that? Say that again? Uh, the way Carol, like, you know, knifes this woman in her brain stem mm-hmm. was exactly the way that Rick put down Carter when he was screaming. Kind of like they're yeah. in the exact same position right there. And you got to think it's almost happening at the same time too, right?
1: So I had a cynical view when we were doing the live watch. I'm like, "Oh, it looks like Gimple and or, uh Nicotero saw a couple 80s action movies where you know, that's a quick easy way to dispatch. Yeah. That's the new slit the throat or uh-huh. knife to the temple. It's, you know, put the knife right there at the base of the skull and sever the spinal cord." I don't I so it could just be that's the rule of cool and they yep. accidentally stacked it up in two episodes. Because what else? What are they trying to say? Rick and Carol already kindred spirits. Yeah. They got the same execute. Like, I mean, it you know, could
0: just be cool that like these two similar things are happening in the same in different places at the same time. Could be. I don't think it is. Maybe. But who knows? You're uh, not wrong. Moba goes on. How uh, now my biggest gripe, Morgan. The writer's got to be kidding me. People are being hacked to death, not captured, not knocked out, but brutally killed, ripped apart, and Morgan, with his Yoda moments, can't bring himself to kill. Really?
1: Like, if they're looking at binoculars and seeing that these people just have wooden sticks and, like, knives, I could see him like, they're not even, they don't even have guns, we don't have to slaughter them all, but as soon as they start killing folk, that goes out the window, man. I don't want to beat this dead horse anymore, but they fucked up on Morgan this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was just a few of the emailers wrote in and said, hey, people are being brutally ripped apart here. It's not... It's not like these people showed any It's not
1: heroic to spare people that are hacking people to death. Yeah. It's not. It's not noble or heroic. Like, if you're (laughs) mopping them up and you've got them kind of isolated and they can't do Uh any more damage, sure. Although in this world, you could be forgiven just for killing them all. But... If you want to start moralizing, then, fine. But the way they did everything, the action and everything, it just made Morgan look foolish. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Feliz says, I need
0: to address a specific scene on this week's episode. There was one moment where I was instantly more excited and engaged than any other moment in this show ever. Oh, Tell me I wasn't the only person who perked up. And you, you were not the only person who perked up in their seat when Morgan and his bow staff walked up to the big guy in the axe. Oh, and yeah. I was laying down. I had to pause my TV for a second, sit up, and think to
1: myself, fuck yeah, in anticipation of the greatest fight scene ever on TV. We were licking... I mean, on the live watch, we were both like licking our shit, <laughs> the chops. Oh, and man. the only thing that stopped us from being outraged from being deprived of that scene was Bat Carol. Yeah. Like, they immediately said, here's something you thought was cool, or here's something cooler. But, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, so, I mean, his point is, you know... That was an awesome moment. They kind
0: of undermined it, but in a cool way. They trumped it with Bat-Carol. They did. Bat-Carol they is did. the
1: queen of hearts to the Morgan, Morgan Bostaff's Jack of Spades. Like, it's just a higher card. I agree. Uh, and then also you got Morgan taking on five dudes Bo Bostaff later, which is kind of like... You did. I, for some reason, I didn't feel like that made up for it. Nah. I was looking forward to the epic one-on-one. It can, though. Like, Tony Jean the Protector, when he wrecks a hundred guys' arms yeah. and leg joints, that's actually... As cool, if not cooler, than him beating up the giant two giant dudes, yeah, or the fire. Du- I mean, so it's like sometimes quantity has its own quality. <laughs> <laughs> this and uh, in Verdun. uh, mm-hmm. Kevin, why on earth are the braces for the
0: sheet pile wall outside Alexandria and not inside? I'm sure you've probably discussed this on your show before, but I've only just noticed it during JSS. Uh, yes, I-, I wanted to in case we didn't talk about how the wolves may have climbed up these supports. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, we did discuss this on the podcast last year when the, the walls were first We introduced. were openly
1: scornful of this. And, and we got
0: a lot of emails from architects and structural engineers telling us, no, if you're trying to protect from a force pushing on the outside, the outside supports are the way to go. They're actually yes. better, uh, depending on your foundation and all this stuff. Uh, and since the Alexandrians didn't really see people as the threat, they saw the zombies as a threat. It makes sense that they would build it like that.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. So you can say that that's stupid, but it's only stupid if you have the experience that Rick and his crew had had. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of material science less, like, you know, I guess steel is stronger under tensile when it's being, like, pulled than it is being pushed a will buckle and collapse under that kind of stress. So yeah. There's a lot of technical reasons and and. Uh, our good buddy Levi was one of the first ones to email us, letting us know. Like, no, actually, as a as an architect, uh, if if you're trying to keep make a wall that's going to resist outside zombie assault, just mm-hmm. having to stand against a bunch of pushing, that's the way you want to build it. So apparently. Daniel in Bloomington. It, it, it fucking stopped tr- it. I mean, it did. You can't argue with the results. Yeah. R- Reg is posthumously calling bullshit. Bullshit. We should do that <laughs> where he's up in heaven. That should be in our next skit. He's up in heaven calling bullshit on our podcast. Uh, uh, Daniel in Bloomington says something that piqued my
0: curiosity was uh, something the seemingly lead wolf said to Morgan when he said that they didn't have to choose this life. Uh, I don't. I don't know that he writes in about what that was just other than didn't have to choose this life. What? I don't get it. I don't know the, yeah, I don't know the wolves. I don't know where you're going with that, Daniel. Sorry. Uh, moving on to the next part of his email says, uh, Carol sitting in the steps, wiping the W when she sees the A written on the porch could have been, uh, the wolves have gotten their W's from being in a box car too. Is it possible these wolves were shaped in a similar way to Rick's group, but just took a more drastic approach to not trusting others? That's interesting. It's not, not a terrible theory. It could be the
1: Gible's just a root beer fan. W? Is a and <laughs> W? Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I, I dad joke the, thing. I've like yeah. become, in the last year, realized that I've, I'm leaning on that crutch, but it's hard <laughs> when you got a seven-year-old to last at anything you say. It's You're right. God, he's nine now, actually. You're right. He's probably outgrowing the dad <laughs>
0: And finally Phil in Indiana says, watching the latest episode, I was ninety five percent certain it would be Carol's last, mm. distinguishing herself as uh or sorry, disguising herself as a wolf, concealing part of her face, and even marking her forehead W was a clever move that allowed her to make uh take out many of the intruders, but also a
1: risky one. If one of those Alexandrians yeah. had stepped up, she could have been in re- Yeah, like her Aaron plan, Spencer, her plan. Or... Her plan was kind of predicated on the fact that none of these Alexandrians... I'm less of a threat from the Alexandrians and friendly fire than I would be yeah. from. Huh, yeah. It really shows cool. her opinion of the Alexandrians. Right. I, and I do. will say that this, this show has me believing that anyone except for Carl and Rick can die. Yeah. And it would be fairly, uh, I'm fairly involved in everyone at this point as well. Me too. So, and that, that even on the exact, like I, Denise is almost there for me on the Alexandrians. Um, I think, uh, obviously, Aaron and his uh, boyfriend I like a lot. Deanna was getting there last season. I'm not so sure about I mean, now. Deanna's death would be impactful, not from an emotional standpoint, but from a what it means to Alexandria. Yeah. And, like, Dickless, at this point, if he dies, that would be in- – I mean, I'm not going to shed it'd Be tears, interesting, but, but it would I be interesting on what that would do to, like, Glenn's view of the world. Like, I do feel that like it would be impactful to the other characters. Mm-hmm. But all the original group that came here, like, I feel like, I don't know, Eugene getting set on fire. (laughs) I wouldn't shed any tears. I might laugh a bit, but also I believe that Tara would be completely distraught. And so would Abraham and a lot of people.
0: Indeed. That's all we have for emails.
1: Uh, Well, it's not all we have because we have a final uh, segment. The AMC is entrusted with us to Mm -hmm. uh, disseminate to, to, to the walking dead fans. Again, it's the new reality-based cooking series coming to your TVs this this
0: uh, this fall. Yeah, we're going to play it as an outro, so if we want to do our regular outro stuff before that.
1: If you got more email, you can send it to watchingdead at com, or you can get on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. And, of course, you can follow all the releases on Twitter at baldmove and on facebook.com slash baldmove.
0: Yeah, we decided uh, in favor of doing this skit as the outro instead of uh, – a spoiler section we did get some spoiler emails but we'll save all that stuff till next week yep then we'll talk about it didn't want
1: people to fast forward to get to the the skit and uh i'm sorry the the preview
0: oh yeah did i say skit i, mean, I said skit i, I did too misspoke. i think, yeah. You should
1: edit that out it's a preview the amc has
0: given us that's right uh so we'll see you guys next week uh during or right after the show for the instant take until then i'm jim i'm aaron see you then
1: cooking with carol
2: I don't know about you, but I'm starving, and this casserole is smelling like a burnt fucking mess. Sam, what did you do?
1: I'm so sorry, Miss Carol, but I couldn't find the hot pads, and I burnt my little fingers, and I can't figure out how to turn off the oven, and then I just Oh,
2: (laughs) honey, don't fret. It's not a big deal. I'll make you some cookies. Would you like that? Oh... Come over here and help me get the ingredients out of the pantry. Okay. Do you see the chocolate chips, sweetie? Yeah. Hand those to me. Now, can you reach the brown sugar? uh uh-huh. That's a good boy. Now the flour. All right. Look at the flour, Sam. Join me next week and I'll show you the miracles you can work with raw turtle
1: meat. Cooking with Carol.